0: Hey! Welcome to the Tin Shed Podcast. Today is Monday, March the 7th. Yes, it's March the 7th. So I'll put this up tomorrow, which is March the 8th. When you'll hear it, it'll be today. So, I'm still saying it's March the 7th. Even though technically, I'm kind of in the future right now, and it's March the 8th. So, uh, yeah, big weekend for the UFC. Uh, huge, really good main event and co-main event on the card, if anybody watched it. Uh, co-main event, Misha, Misha Tate pulls off the upset and puts the choke on Holly Holm in the fifth round and puts her to sleep. Uh, I don't know if I said it before. But uh, if not, I'm still going to say it again. What is it with these with these fight with a lot of these fighters today? Any old school fight fan is going to know what I'm saying when I say it. Uh, Seems to be a tendency that a lot of these fighters now will just kind of cruise for a decision victory if they make it so far. If the fight isn't finished fairly quick, like why? Like they, it's like they're on cruise. That's what happened in the co-main event. Uh, well, that's why, the a big reason in the co-main event why Misha Tate won. Holly Holm was winning the fight. Like, there was one round where she got taken down and slapped around a little bit. But other than that, like, she was up, like, going into the fifth round, she was up three rounds to one. So, now, you're going into the, the last round knowing that you're up. At the same time, Misha Tate, she knew she was down three rounds to one. She knew that she had to finish. It just seems strange how the person that was holding the advantage, that knew they were on the verge of winning, decides to cruise. Like, Misha Tate showed up, and you never, and... She know, She showed why you never give up. Like, Holly Holm got complacent. She said it herself in the press conference. I, I, it, I keep stumbling over it because I don't understand the mentality. When you're ahead and you know that your opponent knows that they're down, they're going to come ahead. They're going to come at you with everything they got. So if you're in cruise control, thinking that you're just gonna waltz through for the next five minutes and win, well, you're you're lowering your guard. It just doesn't make sense. Like it it just there's a sense of urgency, and it's gonna help you focus. Like Anderson Silva did the same thing a couple of weeks ago when he fought Michael Bisbing. He just got comfortable with flashing his arms around and looking flashy, making it look cool. Yeah. It's weird. I I don't want to to crap on me on a uh, Holly Holm, but it was a mistake that she made. She got complacent, and, and at the same time, I don't want to take anything away from me. She hate, and you can't really because she's hung in there. She knew that she had to fight, and she like she knew what she had to do to win. She had to go out and finish, and that's what she did. No matter like deck was stacked pretty high against her, but uh, yeah, it just it's one of those things like they had pretty much the same amount of gas in their tank and yeah, she just me her Holly Holm went into cruise control and it, it cost her the belt. I think uh, she should have won that fight. She could have won that fight very easily. And Tate showed why you, why you never give up. But, uh, and moving on, <laughs> what a main event. Uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. That was an awesome fight. And both of them guys, they both showed up. They both showed up for the fight. They both showed up. They were ready. Um, we <laughs> you gotta wonder though when Nate choked that guy out <laughs> you gotta wonder what was going through Dana White's head like all the hype about how fucking great this guy was unstoppable what's the guy's name John Anik he said that he was so sure of Conor McGregor winning that he said on TV, I think it was on TV it might have been on something else Anyway, anyway, I just read the article that if Nate Diaz won, that he would get 209, the area code for Stockton, where Nate Diaz comes from, tattooed on his forearm. So, you gotta wonder what Dana was thinking though, when it happened. Did he think, like, oh shit, there goes my cash cow, where that cash cow isn't worth the same. I think that, I think that Conor's always gonna sell fights no matter what. But, I, I something in my head was telling me that when it happened, Dana was like, "Was thinking all that hype gone? Just like a fart in the wind, gone." But it's one of those things. It's 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 win win. You gotta love it when when an upset happens. It gets people talking about it, puts another fighter into the spotlight. And I don't like Nate Diaz should have always been in the spotlight anyway. He's a, a phenomenal fighter, just very very tough. Like it's a, uh, yeah he's he's. He's an extremely tough guy, and I, he was, uh, looked, how do I say it, he wasn't given much of a chance coming into the fight, but, uh, it's, uh, he <laughs> showed everybody, you can't count anybody out, I love it when it happens, I'll always root for an underdog, but, uh, and again, there was, I always find funny things about fights afterwards, and one funny thing about this one was at the post-press conference, the post-event, whatever, the fucking press conference is after the event. Um, McGregor thought, said that he thought he would have one-punch power against bigger guys. He thought that his strength would carry up for him. Did he overlook the fact that his size in the lower weight class is is a major advantage for him? Like he's he's hitting guys that really they are they are smaller, and I'm not knocking them for making the weight class. If you if you can make it down there to fight, you can do it. You got to take whatever advantage, advantage you can. But Nate was a lot bigger than Conor, and you can see it when they got in the cage too. Like it's he wasn't like all muscly like Conor, but Nate's Nate's just a bigger guy. He's a solid guy. There's significant size advantage when they got in that cage. Like Nate, Nate took them shots that Connor was throwing. Backed and gave him a little cut, but like, it's it's a fucking Diaz, Nate fucking Diaz. You're not gonna stop him with all them pitter patter shots. the type of guy, you're gonna finish, finish, but you gotta finish him. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Especially like taking the fight on, on 11 days' notice. Like that's what Nate did. Uh, He claims that he didn't have any sparring. I think he said something like three days for sparring. It wasn't that much, anyway. Uh, The one thing that was... That Diaz did have going for him was... He was training for a triathlon. So he would have had the conditioning coming into the fight. He just wouldn't be... He wouldn't be fight ready. Like, really, when you think about it... Like, he went in there with... Yeah, like, it's... A big accomplishment for, for Nate to pull that off when you think about it. like Connor would have been training for a fight for maybe a month, maybe two months. I'm not sure how long their training camps would go, but yeah. It's uh, a... <laughs> he had the conditioning going into it, and he just waited. It's it's one of those things, Diaz. Nate or Nick. 99% of the time, you know it's going to be a good fight. So... But, and Conor McGregor as well. like That cocky fucker, he, he's always ready to fight. And they, and with him, it's always good fights. Like I was actually, I was more excited about Conor McGregor and Nick Diaz, or Nate Diaz fighting than I was about the original fight for the lightweight title against Rafael. I don't know if you say the R or not, but I hear people saying Rafael, you hear people saying Rafael. I'll call him Rafael. Rafael Dos Anos. I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, Dos Anos. Anyway. The lightweight champ. They were supposed to fight. He broke his foot. And, uh, yeah. I was more excited having Nate Diaz fight him. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Cruising along here. Let me tell you about, uh, what I like to call, uh, Give your head a shake moment, and this one here it's again with me this thing boils down to politics it's it's an easy one for me I've always interest in it, especially u s politics because it's just I don't know it just seems like there's so much more drama with it it's it's uh yeah it's strange but anyway here's a here's my uh give your head a shake moment. There's a lot in the media and on social media right now saying that Trump is just some terrifying, this terrible racist monster. Like, some of the wacky shit that he said was like, what, he to build a wall between Mexico and and the U.S. And get Mexico to pay for it and it's okay to torture people and all this other shit. Everybody's going on about how this guy is going to be the death of the country just for some of the wacky shit that he says. First off, have you ever seen a politician actually follow through on their promises, on things that they're saying? Is he going to be able to build a wall between Mexico and the states if he's elected president? Hell no. He's not going to be able to do something like that. That's just talk. But, people hear it and they say, Oh my god, he's going to build a wall, he's going to destroy the country nobody's really saying anything about the shit that Hillary's pulled. Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Like, she had her hand. She was part of, like, when Obama and them guys, when they decided to go into Libya, or do an intervention into Libya, it was Hillary Clinton pushing that. It was Hillary Clinton pushing to intervene in a nation that's going through a civil war. So, like, it's it's kind of a legal thing to do that. Intervening like that. But anyway, such is the case in world politics. They started doing their bombing. Helping out, trying to overthrow this guy. Gaddafi was not a good person. Like I, I cannot stress that enough. I can't defend the fucking guy. So, again, they're deciding, how what's the best way to get rid of this guy? And it comes up. Well, let's arm rebel groups. Again, it's Hillary Clinton pushing to arm rebel groups. So they arm the rebel groups. Libya falls into fucking chaos. Still is. It's kind of in shambles. The Middle East has been majorly destabilized over the last eight years since Barack Obama has come in. And it kind of... That's a whole other thing because that was done slowly. That's a whole other subject for another podcast. But... Get back on track, Aaron. It was it was her idea to arm these rebel groups, and what happens? Well, now we ended up with ISIS, and a big group of assholes walking around chopping people's heads off. Like they just didn't go out and just buy their arms; they were given to them in Libya by the U.S. government or and and the other countries that were helping out. But. How do you decide what's the better choice? Is it the it's is, is it the person that comes off as a monster that's out in the open? Or the person that's being hidden. They're out there, but they're they're hiding and she's hiding in plain sight. We already know that Trump's the craziest motherfucker in the room. But one thing that And this here's another thing too. It sounds like I'm supporting Trump, but it's and I'll make the point here in a second you hear him winning all these primaries and stuff in the Republican Party. All the same while, you got these guys on TV, like a former head of the CIA or whatever, I don't know what fucking thing, he was on one of them late night talk shows. He's saying that if Trump becomes president, that the military isn't going to support him. So, now you got this guy and all these other people too that are just pushing this fear about this fucking guy. And what isn't, isn't being mentioned on these, like, CNN or fucking Bill Maher or whatever the, f- whatever the fuck the guy's name is, is that it's people voting for Donald Trump. Okay? It's not like he's just coming in and, and muscling his way through it. Like, these people at these Republican caucuses or whatever they are, primaries, it's, it's the regular people that are voting for him. And you see the establishment trying to discredit him. All the while, not pointing out that his main rival, or what's going to be his main rival, has committed war crimes. Doesn't even get mentioned. It, it blows me away. Like I've, I, And I know. I know right now that this Bill Maher dude or whatever, I've listened to a show, Politically Incorrect. I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right. He was on Politically Incorrect. He had all these shows. They they have to know what Clinton's done. But they turn into this fucking talking head that they're getting up there and they're just saying what is being spoon-fed to them. Just credit this guy. Just credit this guy. Let's prop this fucking monster up. Like... It, it makes me wonder. Like, it's just... There's a... I just find that there's a There's a disconnect. Like, shouldn't the bigger, the big, the journalists be following the bigger story? Like, yeah, it's a big story that Trump's doing well and he's winning all these primaries. But shouldn't they be following, journalists be following the bigger story of how the fuck did it get to that point where everyday people are going to go for the rat, the batshit crazy guy who's running for president? Like you got somebody up there that's talking nice and she's a woman. Hey, you know what? We never had a female president yet. Why not? Why not a female president in the United States? We've had a black president. Let's keep it going. Well, no, because she's a fucking monster. She's far, far worse than Trump will ever be. And she's going to do all this shit with a fucking smile. It's She's going to make it look like that. We're being set that Americans are being separated by love. Um, it was something where she was talking about people have to respect how I forget how it was. It was something, it sounded like, accept your white guilt, people. You may not have had anything to do with it, but people that came before you did. It just. She's trying to make everybody equal, or trying to, what it looks like, but what it actually is doing is dividing us. Well, why do I got to feel guilty about shit that I never did? Well, you got to feel guilty about the shit you never did, because it's affecting me today. And I didn't mean to try to do a stereotype of a black person's voice. But you can, if you watch the show, if you watch the news, you can see what they're doing, like how they're trying to divide this shit up, how they're trying to divide us. You got... Lesbians, gays, transgenders, we're all, all groups. And for some reason, equality is becoming a more and more of a f- subject on this thing. But uh, yeah, it's popping, it's, equality is rearing its ugly head again. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, like it's just, I think that it's, Trump is doing really well because people are, a lot of people are seeing through the bullshit that is going on there. And maybe he's the only viable alternative right now. All the other politicians seem to be the same as what's been going on for countless fucking years with the promise of change or the promise of doing things right, but nothing ever happens. Maybe people are starting to say, you know what? Maybe we vote for the crazy guy right off the bat. We know what we're getting. None of these big surprises, like, The fact that Hillary Clinton has hidden emails regarding things where, uh, this Benghazi thing, some fucking, uh, there was a crazy ass terrorist attack there or something, but uh, yeah, they just, they just play the same game over and over again. Speaking of the same shit over and over again, (laughs) a recent study, now when I say recent, I mean in the last couple of years. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna put it up on, on the, the Facebook and the Twitter pages. Uh a study said that and I noticed it too with one of our dogs that when dogs take a poop, that they line their bodies, like their head will be facing either north or south magnetic poles. Like I forget how a certain percentage of the time. I think it was a high amount. It might have been like eighty percent of the time. But uh <laughs> Yeah, one dog does it. She she seems to face the same ways. Her body seems to be the same way every time she poops. But now the other two, if we were to get lost in the woods, they they'd never be leading us out. Like, it might be pretty scary. So uh, yeah, they'll never be the hero. I'll try to find the link. Uh, yeah, it, it was pretty interesting. Like it's you got to make it makes you wonder if that has something to do with. You hear stories about dogs or cats being fucking hundreds of miles or kilometers away from their home and they managed to find their way back it might have something to do with it. So basically like I could I could take two dogs and drop them three dogs and drop them off and only one would make it back. You could make a movie. It'd be like a what was that? What was that movie with the cat and the two dogs homeward bound It would be like a dark, morbid, twisted version of Homeward Bound. (laughs) Like, one dog's going to make it, and you could have one. Yeah, fuck it. I'll send the cat, too. Yeah, the cat. We'll do the twisted and morbid version, or my morbid version of Homeward Bound, like that. Like, uh... Like, you get... There's got to be something you can do to make that funny. Who would voice it? I think Lucy would be somebody like Gilbert Gottfried... Because she's an annoying little fucker sometimes. Yeah. And Jensen, I could see him being like Morgan Freeman. He is black. And Scout, eh. Hard to say. Hard to say. I think I'd make Scout mentally challenged. Yeah, like, yeah, she'd be mentally challenged. Like Dory. I don't know if Dory from Finding Nemo's mentally challenged, but yeah, that's what Scout would be. And Gracie, the cat, she would just think that she's a queen. But something would happen where only one of them is going to make it back. Sounds kind of sad that I'm talking about my animals like that. But yeah, that's a neat little idea. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm carrying on with more poo. Never mind about the uh, me losing my pets intentionally. Not intentionally, for the sake of a movie. Um, yeah, more of this shit, shit going on, more poo. Monsanto, if you ever get a chance to look them up, and if you don't know who Monsanto is, they're like this huge producer of genetically modified seeds and pesticides, but, uh, yeah, Monsanto, aka Shithead, is suing the state of California, and this is pretty interesting. The World Health Organization's Agency for Research on Cancer, or IARC, classified glyphosate? I think that's how you say it, I'm not sure. Glass. Anyway, it's, it's, it, they classified it as a probable carcinogen. So California decided to put it on its Proposition 65 toxic chemical list glyphocytes or whatever. Anyway, the bad chemical. We'll call it the bad chemical. Is in Monsanto's biggest-selling pesticide, Roundup. And it's a pesticide geared toward its pesticide-resistant seeds. So, the classification... With the classification of the chemical being on Proposition 65, means that products containing the chemical need to be labelled with the truth. Um, It's known to cause cancer, birth defects, and it messes with your fun parts. So, it seems pretty normal, right? If you have a a bad chemical out there that's going to cause a lot of problems, well, you should let the public know. Monsanto decides to sue California over that. So they don't want it labeled. They don't want to have... They don't want to... They want to be able to sell their product without labeling it, saying that it causes cancer. And it is the most heavily used pesticide on the planet. But there is a movement coming from all over the world of, of countries... Limiting its use and just sometimes just outright banning it. It's it's so important right now in the states or it's generated interest in the states. You don't hear about it on the, whole, on the news a lot. But uh, the Center for Food Safety has intervened on the lawsuit uh, on behalf of the state of California. Uh, and here's the quote that's in the article. I'll post it if I can find it. CFS, our Center for Food Safety, was one of the first public interest organizations to raise awareness about how the use of glyphosate or whatever the fuck the chemical, the bad stuff, in Roundup Ready crop systems fosters herbicide-resistant weeds and increases the use of the herbicide and and the detrimental effect associated with it, and has repeatedly sought to prevent the planting and approval of the bad chemical resistant genetically engineered crops through federal litigation um it's 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 it's, again it's this fucking disconnect Monsanto is the lawsuit basically blocks the consumer's right to see what they're consuming is harmful or not something else that's in this proposition is that the product cannot be used around drinking water. So, farmers spraying their fields with it wouldn't be able to use it because it causes non hodgkins it causes fucking lymphoma. Uh, just let me scroll up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably carcinogenic. It's, uh, is it, yeah, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in humans as well as convincing evidence of its link to other forms of cancer in rodents. It's... Profits before people. Why does it always come down to that? It, It just blows me away. Like, wouldn't they want to be able to have a population to sell their product to? A healthy population? And what was it? It was either last year or the year before where the big idea with the genetically modified crops is that they're going to grow better. So it was either this year or the year before. Anywhere in the near, in this time frame. El Salvador outgrew the U.S. per capita. Like with available space. El Salvador doesn't use genetically modified crops. They did this all organically. Or they're as close to as GMO-free. So... It seems like it's the genetically modified crops that they're selling aren't even really that detrimental, to detrimental, whatever you want to call it. They don't help out anybody all that much. So like, it's it's discouraging when you see it. Hopefully that I really hope that this one goes through. I'm going to try to pay a little more attention. And actually, on an upside, as I have to, I must say, on an upside of this one. This one was sent to me by Lady K. the This is the first article that somebody has sent to me. So, um, and if anybody else out there comes across something that thing think is interesting, or just any idea that they have that they would like to hear brought up, um, go to my website, tinshedproductions.com. Or you can go to the Facebook page. Um, What's the easiest way to find the Facebook page? Easiest way to find the Facebook page is through the website TinshedProductions.com If you go there, you click on the link on the contact tag page, it'll take you to the Facebook page. Um You can also get a hold of me on Twitter. I, I forget the fucking name of, it, of the Twitter name. So, again, go to the website. There's also a link there to the YouTube channel. Uh... I gotta look and see. I think I might have something there for SoundCloud too. That's where I put the podcast up originally, was on SoundCloud. And uh, since then, I've also, it's available on iTunes now too. I tried to put it up on TuneIn Radio, it didn't really work out too well. So if anybody sees a post out there floating around that Tin Shed podcast is on TuneIn Radio, just disregard that. I, I don't know what I was talking about. So uh, happy effing Tuesday, everybody. Like the philosophy, or the, uh, hmm, how do I put it? It is the view and belief of the Tin Shed podcast to fuck Tuesdays. So hopefully, you guys hear this on Tuesday, and it brightens up Tuesday, the worst goddamn day of the week. I hope everybody has a great week, and hopefully, we get some nice springtime weather coming clock's going ahead. That means an hour darker in the morning. Bye everybody. I'm not going to say have a great weekend. Or a week. Anyway, I'm talking too long. Bye.